Hello and welcome to the TGP Wrestling Podcast. I am your host as always, Adam, but today you do not have to listen to Robbie and Chris and Corey and whoever it might be. You get to listen to somebody else. Someone I'm delighted to be interviewing today is Mr. Harvey Dale. How are you, sir? I'm very well. Nice uh, Nice to speak to you, Adam. Fantastic stuff. Now, for those who don't know him, you will know him after this podcast and you'll be clambering to hear more of what he's got to say. Now, we've got a number of questions to ask him, but first of all, do you want to introduce yourself and explain to our listeners who may not know you a bit more about yourself? Sure. If they don't know me, they're probably luckier than a lot of people. Uh, I am Harvey Dale. Uh, I have been involved with the wrestling scene, particularly with British wrestling, uh, since 2009, which sounds an awfully long time ago now. What's that, 13, 13 years ago? Um, I have been a wrestler, a commentator, a ring announcer, uh, a promoter, uh, everything in wrestling, really. Uh, a, a, sort of a, a British version of Vince McMahon without the uh, rape and controversy, you know? I mean, some controversy there, right? Well, oh, yeah, some controversy. Like, not, not. Uh, excellent stuff. Now, the, 2009 was also a great year because it's the year I started secondary school. Wow, that makes so... you feel even older. So, <laughs> <for that>. so <laughs> right, we've got some questions from our dear listeners and some of the other TGP boys we wanted to ask you. Okay. So, let's get down to business. First things first, how did you get into the, the wrestling business, the wonderful world of wrestling? Wow. Uh, I think like, like all of us, I started out mainly as uh, a fan watching, or back in my day, it was probably long before your time, when it was WWF. Uh, and not the World Wildlife Fund, the, uh, the other version, the World Wrestling Federation, uh, where obviously I went through the, the I was born in the, in the early 80s, so I went through all of the, the good stuff with WWF, and then we got on WCW and the Monday Night Wars, and was a fan for a long time, and I just... I, I was presenting, um, I was DJing and presenting uh, like X Factor style shows and things like that in local pubs uh, and things. And I just thought to myself, you know what, I should go, I love wrestling. Someone said to me once, I said, you'd make a really good wrestling ring announcer. So I said, you know what, why not? I'll go and give it a shot. So I went to, I was living down in Bedford uh, at the time, which is where I'm from. And there was a local promotion around there called PTW, Power Trip Wrestling. Uh, which is run by a guy called Peter Staniforth. Um, and I just went along one day and we got talking. Uh, and he sort of said to me, he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm always looking for ring announcers or someone to, to do the shows. How do you fancy doing it? Uh, and the rest is history. Kind of started as a ring announcer, then sort out a, a bit of training in the training school, learned to do some moves and do the, the in-ring stuff as well. But that was never going to be my forte. I was always better at talking than I was at, at fighting. Uh, so yeah, it, it sort of the door opened through a bit of ring announcing, and it went from there. Oh, amazing stuff. I mean, I feel like to be fair, I I will learn a lot about you. It's like a biography of you. So, um, <laughs> but no, I mean the thing is, there's there'll be some people that are listening to this podcast that have never been to a like a local wrestling show. You know, there'd be like yeah. WWE fans. You know, the only shows they would have been to is like you know when you go watch WWE live at the Ice Arena. Which is yeah. Nottingham for us guys, obviously. Um, but I know that you wanted to talk a little bit about Hope Wrestling as well. Um, I have myself heard of it. I'm sure a lot of people have. But 
for anyone that hasn't heard of Hope Wrestling, do you want to sort of go into that a little bit more? Well, yeah, Hope Wrestling was born out of Nottingham. Um, it was the brainchild of me and a, and a guy who was running the training school up here at the time um, who needed somewhere really for his students to, to be able to sort of break out onto bigger shows. They were just doing academy shows um, and they they weren't really being seen by a wider audience. So we sort of said, well, why don't I start putting on shows? We'll use the best talent from all around and stuff as well. And we'll integrate the the guys coming through the academy. We'll integrate them in with a lot of the best guys and, and raise their profile along with, with doing what we're doing. So, yeah, we, we, we just started like that, really. And it, it took off. So that was 2013 we started that. Uh, and we ran shows right up until COVID started. Um, it's hiatus at the moment. Um, however, never say never. Um, I don't know if you ever would have heard of him, but there was a, a lad called Ryan Smile on the British wrestling scene. Ever heard of him? No. No. Uh, Ryan was one of my best friends, lived with me. Ryan was absolutely brilliant as well. Uh, and Ryan took his own life um, just a well, year. We're coming up for two years, I think, uh, in October now. Um, and Ryan was Hope champion for quite a while. Uh, Ryan was sort of with me from day one. Uh, used to be on Housemate and things as well. Uh, and it's it's been suggested to me that no one as yet has done, because of COVID, obviously no one has, has done as yet a tribute show or anything uh, dedicated to Ryan. Mm-hmm. So for all the people who ask me on, a, on an almost daily basis, what's going on with Hope? Is it going to come back? Uh, what are you doing with it? The answer is no, but maybe and yes, because if we do something, it will be, the first thing we do certainly will be a tribute show uh, back for Ryan, where we will do it as a charity show and we will try and put all proceeds of the show to a mental health charity uh, to, or to something that, that helps uh, support families with, who've, who've lost someone to suicide or something like that. Okay. I mean, look, it's wrestling. I think people, um, especially people that are involved in the industry, wrestling is is a family. I mean, you, you're talking people that you spend those time with and that sort of stuff, especially when you're touring the country or whatever it might be, you spend so yeah. much time with those people. Like they are your family. So, and, and look, you know, I, I'm personally at the moment involved with um, a mental health charity in Nottingham uh, called Blokes. Um, we are raising money for them in a charity football game coming up. So it's incredibly important, um, especially as men that we talk about this and, you know, mental health awareness is out there for for men especially. So, yeah. look, I, I hope I hope you do it. The the tribute show. I mean, I would absolutely come down. I'm sure all the other TGB boys would be absolutely would love to come down and support it. So, you know, sort of watch this space, I suppose. And, well, so if you're if you're raising money, you've got a mental health charity there already. Then it it, it almost sounds as though it's pushing us towards doing this together and uh, and getting some getting some some money raised for, for a really good cause there. So yeah, we'll have to we'll have to once we're off there, we'll have to have a, a chat about a chat about ways we could possibly go about arranging something like that and go from there, really. Yeah, they're great guys. You know what I mean? They've been so involved in the the fundraising and you know they 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 can't help, you know, as more and stuff. And they've got fantastic ambassadors that they work with, like Ryan Yates, Forrest Midfielder, um works with them and stuff. No, never heard and, of him. No, no. Best midfielder in the Premier League. I have never, never, never heard of him. Are no. in the Premier League now? Then? Of course, of course. Oh, wow, I did, I did not know that. Anybody who obviously knows me in any 
as he knows full well that I'm a massive Nottingham Forest fan, as is, uh, as is Adam. So <laughs> I'm, I'm obviously taking the big Brian Yates is the best midfielder in the country. So Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, the thing is, we, we could sit here and do a Forest podcast all night. We could, yeah, but... we could very easily. But anybody likes wrestling that I, that I know, half of them don't like football and they certainly don't like Forest. So we'll, we'll carry on with the wrestling side of it. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Now, the, a question that a lot of people would have come here for and a question that I'm sure you get asked an awful lot, so I can only apologise about that. Who are some of the most famous people you've worked with? And I want the juice. I want the oh, juicy yeah. stories. Not the Juice Robinsons. I want the juicy stories. Wow. Of um, I mean, it's, them. You're, covering, you're covering a lot of bases here. I mean, some of the, some of the most famous wrestlers that I've met... Um, would be Bret Hart, Ric Flair. Um, I got to have dinner with both of those. Um, there was a great uh, company. They actually run darts events. There's NDA events still all around uh, sort of the Midlands and beyond. Um, but he, the guy who runs that, had a couple of mates with him and they ran a, a wrestling promotion for a little while as well called Triple M Promotions. And they bought Bret Hart over for a speaking tour mm-hmm. um, and things like that. They invited me as Hope uh, promoter and things like that they invited me as one of their special guests so I was actually sat on the the top table having dinner with Bret Hart just one seat down from me and uh, I've got a shirt on and I've rolled my sleeves up forgetting that I've got a massive Shawn Michaels tattoo on my forearm oh. and, uh, and Bret starts telling this story about how much he hates Shawn and I'm just sort of slowly peeling my uh, my sleeve back down the arm uh, <laughs> as he's talking uh, and hoping God don't notice don't notice don't notice and just carrying on with that one uh, so that was a, that was an interesting uh, interesting evening. They also had Ric Flair over, so um, yeah, that was an interesting experience meeting meeting someone like that. Personally, I've run tours for Sabu. Oh. Uh, he's an interesting one. There's some there's some good Sabu stories there. If you want some juice, um, Sabu is uh, an interesting gentleman. He's uh, obviously from from his ECW days. He's taken several knocks to the head, several chairs to the head. Yeah. Um, and, and things like that. So with Sabu, you have to sort of treat him with kid gloves and, and pretend that he doesn't know where he's going or what he's doing and baby him to make sure he gets to the right places. So I've done this this whole arranged tour for him. And um, we've got him on the ICW shows, which is Insane Champions Wrestling, for those who don't know. It's the, the big, big, big promotion that's affiliated with WWE now up in Scotland. It's brilliant. And, uh, they were doing... Brilliant. They were doing Rock City that night. I was living in Derby at the time. And um, one of my best friends is uh, one of ICW's biggest stars, Jack Jester. So we've we've got Sabu on. He was on some other show the night before. We had to get him to Rock City. So I've, I've arranged all his transport from where he was coming uh, with someone I trusted. And they've got him to, to Rock City and stuff. Me and Jester have got to, to Rock City eventually when, when Jester had finished dyeing his hair and things and generally messing about like he does. So we get to we get to Rock City. The show goes off without a hitch, which was which was nice. Um, and the next day after the ICW show, Sabu is on with... Where was he on with? He was on with somewhere in Manchester. So we had to get him to... No, he was going with ICW for another night. That's right. He'd come from Manchester. So I'm leaving him in Jester's charge, which is something you should never do. You should never leave anything in Jester's charge. Right. But I say to him, I say, right, here, physically, here is Sabu. Please don't lose him. <laughs> and all I get is this big laugh. And ah, don't worry, mate, he's fine with us. 
Um, so he gets on the tour bus. I've seen him walk up the steps of the tour bus in the car park of Rock City. I've given Lee, uh, Jester, a, a cuddle, said, right, get to, get to the show safe. Let me know everything's cool. Let me know how he, like, he's in the car on his way back. We, we can do that. No problem. So I go to bed thinking everything's fine. My phone starts ringing at 5 a.m. So I roll over and I think, this can't be good. And it's uh, it's Viper. I, uh, you probably know as Dude. Uh, she's Dude Rock. Yes. Now, yeah, WWE. yeah. So it's Viper. She's uh, she's on the phone. She comes on the phone. She's like, oh, um, hey. I'm like, hey. She's like, um, just a quick one. Nothing to worry about. Just a quick one. Um, I don't suppose Sabu's back with you, is he? And I'm like, what? No. I left him with you and Jester. She's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure he's around here somewhere. It's fine. I said, where is he? And the, uh, the answer I got back was, well, we last saw him at about half one when he got off the tour bus and started walking into Nottingham City Centre saying that he needed to buy some baby oil. <laughs> right, OK. And so, well, I, 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 obviously I was like, right, please go and find him. They, they did manage to locate him in a cafe somewhere, I think it was, in Nottingham, uh, around 8, 8.30 a.m. in the morning. Not, not having slept or done anything else, got to go on the bus to another, another show. The bus left without him. They ended up sending one of the other the other wrestling girls to go and get him and drive him to the show. But yeah, I mean, I, I can't trust those guys with anything. But you, Sabu, you just have to, to baby him and, and, and think that he, he needs an escort everywhere he goes the whole time. So that was a, that was a, an interesting one. Um, I, I mean, other, I, I could list you a, a list of famous guys. I mean, I worked with Rey Mysterio, um, obviously Paige. Uh, the Knight family are, are fantastic, by the way. Absolutely brilliant guys. Um, that do do great things over WAW in Norwich. Um, Rene Dupree is a really good friend of mine. Uh, obviously, youngest, uh, I think he was youngest tag team champion in, or youngest champion of any sort in WWE at all until Tyler Bate won the, the UK title. Held that for 20 odd years, that uh, that record of being the youngest ever to hold a belt. There's loads. There's loads. Who are your favourites? Um, well, for, I, I know a lot of people you know, and I'm sure that a lot of listeners on this podcast would be very interested to hear about uh, a certain Mr. Will Ospreay. Um, Will Ospreay? Yeah. Wow. Um, I'll have to dig you some videos out. Will's a good friend of mine. Will is... Um, Will's fantastic. He is such a talent, such a talented guy. Um, and, and the things he can do, no human should be able to do with their body. The way he can fly, the way he can do things, um, is just it's just astonishing. Uh, I'm really pleased for Will with where he's managed to get into him. And I've known Will since 2000 and, I don't know, probably 14 or 15, I suppose, when he was still young and, and coming through uh, with a lot of the, the, the other guys that have, have sort of burst onto the scene as well from their backyarding days. Um, and everybody frowns upon backyarders, but you know what? The backyarders often these days are the most talented guys around. They can do some phenomenal stuff. Kip Sabian, um, Flash Morgan Webster, Tim Lee, a lot of them, they all came from, from doing this backyarding stuff and, and learning their trade that way. Uh, and I think it's less frowned upon now. But Will Ospreay, actually, when we ran Hope, we had a training school down in Milton Keynes. And Will came to take a seminar for us. And all of my students thought that they were really, really funny because they were all and uh, they were all learning how to do hurricane runners that day. And they, uh, Will said, "Oh, has everyone done one?" And they were like, "Oh, Harvey hasn't. Harvey hasn't." 
And I was like, right, stand sit down with jeans and a hoodie. And I'm like, right, I don't need to prove to you like, that I can do it. I know I can do it. Will looks at me and went, you can do one, can't you? And I went, yeah. And he went, fuck them then, let's do it. Right, okay, mate, yeah. So we've done this, it's a bit, so there's a video on it somewhere. So we've done this, this, this run up, this, done this hurricane, and the whole, the whole room is erupted. They never thought I'd do it in jeans. And now it really pisses loads of people off the, the amount of times it gets shared around this video. So we share the video around of me doing a Rana or a, or a Canadian destroyer, which we did, me and Will did once on the show. I was absolutely Jeez. steaming. I was absolutely steaming and been commentating on the show. And Will went, let's do that, let's do that Rana, let's do that Rana afterwards. And I was like, mate, we've done the Rana. We don't say that, yeah, that's stupid. Well, why don't we do a Canadian destroyer? And Will just looked at me and his eyes lit up. I was like, oh, come on. And he was like, no, no, let's do it, let's do it. So we did a Canadian Destroyer at the end of uh, one of these hope shows in, uh, in Bedford, I think it was. We did this, this thing and that went just, just mad. Will, Will is the best base in wrestling. If Will Ospreay can get me to do a Canadian Destroyer and a Hurricane Rana, then the boy is the most talented person you could ever expect to find. Great. Yeah. Luck. I mean, I, I had a very short stint in wrestling in the sense that I went to one lesson in my entire yeah. life. That's, that's but, pretty short, yeah. Yeah. But I, I would I, I would take a uh, Canadian Destroyer off Will. I, I trust him with my life, to be honest. Yes, you can. You can. I yeah. said, I, I, I've done, I think we did, we've ended up doing two. Well, no, I've did one with Will. I've done one with, I did one with Ryan Smile. I did one with Chris Tyler. I might have, I might have done one with Kip. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, we did. We, I ended up doing quite a few of them after that. It was just, once it, once it had been explained to me how easy it is to do the, the move and, and how safe it is when, you, when you're doing it with someone who's that good, like mm. Will is. Um, as long as you, you don't move your head or anything like that as you go in, you put it on, you, you follow the instruction of how it's supposed to be. It's safe as houses and, and really good. Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. Now, obviously, talking about you know the, the British side of things, the, the backyard wrestling and all that sort of stuff. Now, I think most people relate to this wherever you live in the country that you see you see a lot of leaflets going around or like posters and stuff for wrestling shows. Now, if someone who's not because obviously I have myself, but if, if someone who hasn't been to a UK promotion, hasn't been to a, like a, like a local UK show, where, where would you recommend they go? And where would you sort of draw the line? Cause I think it's difficult for people to know kind of what is a good organization, a good show and what is just rubbish. Yeah, of course it is. I mean, the first, the first port of call for me usually is the standard of the poster. If the poster looks like it was made on Microsoft paint by a four year old, the chances are the show is going to be as good as the poster. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's really that simple to start with. The very first sort of thing is you look at the post, you're like, oh, you know what? That that looks like they put a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of thought into their poster and their promoting and the, and the way they've done it. So the chances are the show is going to be visually pleasing as well. So that's really your first book call. But a little bit of research these days. Uh, I mean, back in the day, the, the, the big uh, British promotion that sort of took the, the mid-2000s by storm was 1PW. Um, I mean, that had some massive names and did some massive shows, Doncaster Dome uh, and things like that. That's actually coming back. I think he's, he's starting up again. He's running very uh, soon. So 1PW uh, is definitely well worth looking up. Uh, Norwich Way over Norfolk, obviously you've got WAW, which is run by the Knight family, uh, Ricky and Sweet Soraya, who are, of course, the parents of Paige. Um, the obviously the big movie, so everybody knows all about the knights from having seen the uh, the fighting with my family movie. Uh, Roy and Zach, the, the hooligans, the, the sons. Um, I mean, it is when they say it's the knight dynasty over there, it really is. They just they're multi generational talent, 
and the training school that they have brings people through. Kip Sabian, for example, was a guy that came through WAW's academy with the Knights. So you can you can you can go name value there. You know you're going to get quality with with what you're seeing over there. Liverpool way, um, there's two great promotions, probably more than that. But I mean, there's two great promotions that I'm going to tell you about Liverpool way. You've got TNT Wrestling, uh, which actually I was on the debut show for uh, and worked for for the first couple of years as a manager gimmick um, on their shows. TNT Wrestling up there, now associated with the guys who run Progress, who bought Progress as well. Mm-hmm. So TNT Wrestling is, is fantastic up that way, really worth checking out. Uh, and a little bit out of Liverpool in Birkenhead, uh, a show called Wrestle Island is, is fantastic. Uh, you've got Charity-wise, you've got a wonderful, wonderful show that do Bedford Town Football Club. Um, they were actually aff- affiliated with Hope, uh, and they're called Sacrifice Pro Wrestling. These guys are fantastic, and every single proceed they make from their show, they always go to a different charity every show. Um, but the quality of, of wrestling, the quality and the thought behind the show, uh, the storytelling and everything like that, Sacrifice Pro, fantastic. Uh, around Nottingham Way, there's Future which, uh, again, was a, a Hope byproduct to begin with, which is now run, run by Kyle Kingsley, who is a, he's probably the hardest working man in, in British wrestling. He, he owns a ring and he treks it up and down the country for, for other people all the time and, and sets it up. But Future spelled F-U-T-R because we, we sort of gimmicked onto the NXT and, and Next thing uh, and did it like that is, is fantastic. There are, there are a lot of good shows, but normally if you see a poster, find the name of the show on it, go to social media, and have a look at their social media because everybody who cares enough about their product is shit hot with their social media these days. The match graphics, the announcements, the roster, you'll find it all on social media. If it looks great and it is great, they'll normally have videos of some of their other shows and stuff to show you how good it is. Mm. And if you've never been to a British wrestling show and you, you love wrestling, just think about the guys you're watching in WWE, AEW, TNA, all of these guys started somewhere. And it is on these local promotions. Go along and support independent British wrestling. It, it's amazing. Like obviously, you know myself. The the most a couple of years ago, obviously, I know you you remember WCPW. Obviously, not as so much. Yeah. A, you know, not small. Obviously, because they had the big YouTube channel and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, they did. Yeah. But I I went to a show with obviously you know Drew McIntyre was on it. Ricochet was on it. Um, the Young Bucks, Adam Cole, all got booked on it at some, some point as well. Cody. I mean, Cody's one of the biggest faces in WWE right now, and he was, yep. you know, he, he was in Dilborough in like yeah. a in a sports hall. Do you know what I mean? It, it's you, you, you. It's likely if you go down to one of these shows that you are going to see someone that's going to work in the future for, you know, like an AWWE, Ring of Honor, New Japan, whatever it might be. You know, so go down, support British wrestling. You know, the guy, the guys and girls that run those shows as well, massively appreciate the support. So. Um, definitely recommend, especially if you haven't before. Um, now, I know that a lot of people that listen to the pod may obviously maybe wrestling fans that sort of thing, but I'm sure. I mean, there's a couple of guys in the TGP actually, you know, that have started going to a few wrestling classes that sort of thing that they've told me. So, I think if you were to, it's a difficult, one, but if you were to give a tip or a few tips on what it would take to be sort of the next like. If you were to help someone along the road, what, what would you sort of give them as advice? Say, this is how you get started, this is where you should go, and this is what you should do type thing. Again, the internet. Back in the days, obviously, when I first started, I was looking at the internet. was nowhere near 
as big as it is today. No one here, things were nowhere near at the level they are online. It wasn't as accessible. But just look out, look out, type British wrestling training schools into, into Google. Get yourself a list, then look into them. It's, it's really important to sort of look into uh, good training, find out who the trainers are, see if they're reliable. And, and these days, there is a decent school within 20 miles of everybody, I'd say, near enough. Mm. Obviously, if you're over Norfolk Way, the Knights, they run their, their school. If you were around the Midlands, you've got you've got one in Derby called Aspire, which is uh, he's bringing people through. It's a charity run thing. You've got a really fantastic one over in Stoke called the Barracks, which is run by a, a guy who lives in, in Nottingham, actually a guy called Virtual. Um, he runs the the one over Chris Rosses, and he runs the one over in Stoke. Uh, I mean, they're bringing some fantastic talents through their their thing, and they, they do everything properly. So it's just worth doing. I mean, Liverpool have got countless schools. It's it's just it's always worth just doing a little bit of research before you commit to going to something. Contact them, see what they say. Send, tell them what you want to do, what level you're at, what you want to get into. But just to just do your research. It's it's literally as, as simple as that nowadays. Make sure you research something. Research the, whoever the trainers are, uh, and make sure that they're legit. And just just go. Be safe. Learn properly, uh, and then you're away. Really. Yeah, I mean, my one lesson for all those wondering was at House of Pain uh, in Nottingham. Um, so, I think... I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, when pe- people, obviously a lot of people slate wrestling, slate wrestling fans and stuff. I went to one lesson. I was sore for like a week. I barely oh, even yeah. did anything, by the way. I, I barely did anything. I was sore for a week. Wrestlers are tough, tough sons of bitches. I will tell you that right now. Yes. So... If you were to give it so, and it, again, difficult question, but who is everyone's got their opinions, but who do you think is your best next big thing? So, like internationally and probably the UK as well. So, we're talking about who's going to rise to the top in, in my, yeah. who's my pick. I mean, I, I said I could always see Viper, who is who's do drop obviously WWE now. She was brilliant, she was mm. always going to make it. So, was a girl, she wrestled over here with Nixon. Um, yeah. Uh, what's her name? What was her name? Tegan Knox. WWE, she was Tegan Knox. I mean, these guys have, have sort of made careers, moved over from, from this little island of ours, been spotted, moved over, been, been to work for the biggest company in the, in the world, and now live in America, making, making a living out of it. Mm. Um, obviously, we had it. Drake, he's Drake Maverick in uh, WWE, he was, but Spud, Rockstar Spud, he started out over here. Um, made a name for himself, got himself over there. So following their footsteps, I mean, I know Kip Sabian, I've mentioned his name a couple of times, he's gone to America already. Will yeah. Ospreay's at the top of his game, came off British Indie Wrestling at the top of his game, New Japan, and now, now doing a run in AEW. Look at the people that we've got coming through now, and you've got so many talented guys. There's a guy called Warren Banks, who is onto progress shows, and things like that. Now he was, he still is, in fact, Hope Wrestling Champion. Um, so Warren Banks is is a guy that I've tipped for big things, um, and, and can really see if you get a chance to, to look him, look him up on social media, on Facebook or anything, or, or Twitter. Find him. He is he, he's just phenomenal. He's got everything. He's got the athleticism. He's got the look. He's got the the ability to to go far. Uh, and if you want a talker, there are no better talkers or guys that put more into their, their gimmick and stuff at the moment coming through than two guys. One called Hustle Malone, mm. who, again, was Hope Champion. 
for a while. Uh, he's the best talker in the game. Look him up on social media. See some of the promo videos he puts out. Some of the, the extra work behind the scenes that a guy like that puts in is what makes him stand out. His skill in delivering a message to the audience is, is phenomenal. Uh, and the third one would be a guy called Charles Crowley, who comes from an acting background. But again, he puts an awful lot of work in behind the scenes to his character, which is what makes him stand out. And these days, you have to stand out because there are so many people trying to get into this business, make a name for themselves and go places, that if you haven't got a hook or a niche straight away, then you are, you are out of luck. So Warren Banks, Hustle Malone, Charles Crowley, they, for me, instantly, if I was to just pick three, would be the, the three that I would say, watch this space, because it won't be long. Nice. So everyone that's listened to this podcast can sit there and tell their mates that they, oh, I knew about him, I knew about him ages ago, before he was, you know, big and all this sort of stuff. So, yeah, look, I, I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll take a quick break, give you a, a little breather there, um, and we'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to part two. Now, we've got some hard-hitting, difficult questions coming up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. So, <laughs> first one I'm going to ask you is, um, now, I, I, I would like this from your perspective. I think it'd be, it'd be really interesting to hear. So, what what is it really like being on the other side of the curtain? Because obviously we're all wrestling fans. We've been to wrestling events, but was it difficult to go from being a fan to sort of being like a backstage presence, a performer, that type of thing? It it was interesting. Um, I mean, they say never meet your heroes. They say never know too much about something you love because it can it can ruin it for you. And for the most part being behind the curtain is is great you meet some wonderful people and, and and really yeah the good people you meet and the fun you have back there outweighs the bad but yeah i mean there are there are former wwe guys that i've met that i used to like and, and think were were good guys and enjoy watching that i've met and i've been like fucking hell you're a you're an absolute dick um and it has kind of soiled my opinion on on a few things and, and a few people but it's to say, if, you, if you're passionate about something enough and, and you, you really want to be involved, get involved and, and see how you go. But don't let a couple of bad people or a couple of bad experiences soil your love for something or doing what you love. You've, you've, got, to, you've got to rise above those, those people. Because like every business, there are, there are people in who, who are just intent on bringing others down. Um, and you can, you can get past that, same as you can in life, so... Just don't let bad bad eggs spoil the uh, the whole the whole thing for you. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. I'm not going to ask you who the dicks were because if <laughs> you, to, for the interest of the future of the podcast, yeah. if Kevin yeah, Owens yeah, is a yeah, massive no. dick or something, I, I'd like. I, I learned fun. I learned a long time ago. There's no value in voicing your opinion on people, or giving them giving them the, the, the mentioning their names, giving them the airtime or the press. Just just move on uh, and forget about them. Fair enough, fair enough. Now, I think um, a question I had for quite a few people asked me to sort of put this to yourself was, 
what what has been it? It's going to be a really tough one for you. But what has been your favourite ever storyline to be involved with? Now that's as like yourself or just sort of people that you've worked with or that you were sort of on the outskirts being involved type thing. Well, uh, I mean, favourite storyline I was ever involved with was obviously one that we we sort of put together with Hope Wrestling, um, and we we did a, a war between me and the the at the time co-owner. Uh, Jack Cave, who is a fantastic lad. He's got a real wrestling brain. Uh, and he's just somebody who just gets it. He gets wrestling. He, he knows how it works. He understands how to put an audience into the palm of his hand and grab their attention for the whole time. So we did a warring owners storyline in Hope where uh, I owned half the company, he owned half the company, but it wasn't working. So we were like, the company was losing money. It had to, it had to go. So we did this whole storyline where if we, we did a show where Liam picked a team, I picked a team and it was, it was points throughout the whole night. So if Liam's guy won, they got a point. If my, my guy won, we got a point throughout the night. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we built this show. We built this to, to finish this point. Um, and it just, the whole show, it's the best show that I've ever put on, certainly. And it, it flowed so well from start to finish. And we did it so that if, if I won on the night, it was going to be that Hope Wrestling carried on. We got rid of Jack Cave. Hope Wrestling carried on in my control. Um, and we were going to keep the company going. If I lost, Jack Cave was going to close the doors. I was out. Doors were closed. Uh, so we called the show This Is The End. Um, and, we, and we ran it like that. Uh, and it was just, it was just brilliant. The way we, we, we popped the crowd, the way we set it out from start to finish, the whole show, it went perfectly. Nobody saw the ending coming. Um, everybody thought that when the, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody who wants to find it out and watch it. I think it's on Fight TV um, for anybody who's got it. I think it would be, it would be Hope 70, 74 or 75. 74, it's Hope 74, this is the end. But it's on Fight TV somewhere, if anybody just want to watch it. But it goes brilliantly all the way through. Um, it'll be free to watch on Fight TV if you've got a subscription for that. Um, it just, it, it, went, it went brilliantly. Nobody saw the ending coming and it was so much fun to do. And working with, with Jack Cave was absolutely great because like I said, the, the kid just, he just gets it. He just understands wrestling and what makes it tick um, uh, and what the audience want to see, really. No, amazing. It just sounds like a like a Survivor Series type deal. Yeah, like like that. But yeah. rather than just, just so it was the whole the whole show was basically yeah one team against the other. So rather than just being one big match, it was the the whole show. Everything everything hinged on each point going from each result. Mm. Well, Fight TV, go check it out. I, I, to be honest, I've I've not seen it, mate. So I, I'll get I'll, I might go give it a watch. Well, you should. It's a good one. Now. I'd be remiss and I'd regret the time we've had in this interview massively if I didn't ask this question because obviously we, we know each other previous to this. I've not, you know, I've not paid him a hundred grand to be on this interview. It's less than that. It's less, yeah. It, it's still some. Considerably less. Yeah, yeah. Considerably Big Mac less. Yeah. So where where did the name, the man with the golden tongue, come from? Because I my my mind has been racing with this one, and it, it seems like it must be something sexual, but I guarantee it's not. Well, I mean, I'd love to sit here and tell you that it's something sexual. I, I would love to sit here and tell you that. <laughs> um, sadly, it wasn't. I said we needed a. I needed a gimmick when I when I started doing. I said because I, I was obviously doing the ring announcer thing first, 
But the more training I did and the more uh, shows I went to, the more I wanted to branch out. I thought, you know what? Rather than wrestling, I'm not ready to wrestle on shows or anything like that yet. So, but I want to be on shows. I want to be doing something more interesting and more involved. So I want to be a manager gimmick. And in the 80s, Bobby Heenan, um, obviously before your time, but Bobby Heenan was a massive hero. Of mine. He was brilliant. Great heel manager at ringside. Any of the guys that he was with, instantly having him on their side, instantly raised them up as a, as a, as a star to the next level because they were trusted to have Bobby Heenan as their manager and things. So I saw that I wanted to be like Bobby Heenan. So I needed to come up with a, a heel manager gimmick, but it, it needed to be something that would stand out. We were sitting there trying to think of what on earth can I call myself? And I think it was uh, it was one of the James Bond films was on the on the TV in the room at the time I was sat thinking, and it happened to be the man with the golden gun. So I sat there and I went, golden gun, golden tongue, golden tongue, man with the golden tongue. Yes, that's it. So because I can talk, and my main gimmick was always going to be running people down with a microphone, it sort of went hand in hand and we went, you know what? Yeah, man with the golden tongue. Let's go with that. But for any anybody else listening, for any ladies out there, it's definitely the sexual thing. So definitely that. Yeah, reach out to him on his, on his socials about that and just quote golden tongue. Um <laughs> golden tongue. So did you ever like did you ever like spray paint your like not no not it's not like a toxic spray paint, you know, but not, not trying to hurt ourselves and stuff. But how, do you ever commit to it? With you ever make your tongue gold? I, I never made my tongue gold. No, I did used to have a gold tongue stud. I've got my tongue pierced. So I did have a gold tongue stud for a while, which I used to wear. But obviously, you'd have to be incredibly close to me to be able to see that it was a golden stud anyway. So kind of wasted. But that's, that's also good for the ladies, I suppose. It also uh, good for the ladies, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, look, again, more from the, the personal side of things, sort of going, swaying away from wrestling slightly, but still going on, on, on topic. A little birdie told me that you were a contestant on Come Dine with me. Uh, and you had a, a wrestling-themed evening, including a full-size ring with wrestlers in the back garden. It, this cannot be true. It is It is 100% true. And anybody that knows me that is listening to this will be like, oh, here we go again. Here's the Come Dine with me story. <laughs> uh, we've heard it all before. I mean, it's, it's on, to be fair. It's on. It's repeated all the time, more for and things like that. It's probably repeated three or four times a year, every year, since I did it. It was about 2015 or 16 I filmed it in. Mm. Um, and it, it's repeated three or four times a year. And every year I get tagged, more people tagging me in. So, oh, we're watching you on TV, watching you on TV. We'll talk, you'll come down, we're done again. But yeah, it was. My, my, my evening was, my menu was wrestling uh, name themes and things like that. Um, I think one of my courses was called Face the Spear. Uh, and it was chicken uh, satay skewers. So mm. things like that. It was... It was wrestling themed. I did have a full-size wrestling ring in my back garden. Um, one of the wrestlers is actually now he's WWE uh, NXT UK, Tyson T-Bone. He was, All right, uh, yeah. He was one of my wrestlers that was on it. Um, he went down very well with the uh, the ladies who were my uh, opposition on <laughs> me. They were they were very very happy to see T-Bone. So that was uh, that was something that went down and, and probably got me an extra couple of points. Was T-Bone's tiny little purple trunks. <laughs> but it's uh it's, it's easy enough to find on on demand uh to search if you type uh harvey dale uh come die with me derby because that's where i was in at the time i know dirty words but yeah that's where I was vile um and you'll you'll probably be able to find it and if not obviously i can probably dig the link out for anybody who wants it i mean i'll, I'll have to do some searching really hard to find the link but i'm sure i'll be able to find it if i if i tried hard it's the first bookmark on your laptop isn't it seconds Behind the Forest webpage, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> Did you win, by the way? Well, I'm not going to spoil that. For ah, it's, yeah, you have there were any spoilers. You have to watch the whole week. So, I mean, I'm, I am one of life's winners. So if I didn't win, that would make me an absolute loser. So... You are, you are giving the viewers a, a serious lot of things to watch. I mean, like, I am, yeah. you're going to this really long podcast and go and watch all this these This biography films. that you're going to write for me, or whatever else, which will only sell two copies, by the way, sort of me and you. But yeah, I mean, the biography you're going to write is going to be long, long. Your missus won't even buy one, no. Just me and you. No, I can't see it. No, she's heard the stories many times. She's fed up with them, especially if come down with one. That's fair enough. I don't think she would either, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I sort of, I'll go with the sort of the last last two questions there Ryan so I'll answer this one first as well so this is coming on back and forth but I'll actually answer this one first so if there's anyone on the scene today that you sort of never had the chance to work with that you'd like to either to sort of wrestle with them or be a manager of right and I and and I will I will sort of answer this one first right I would absolutely love to work with Okada only because right one he's just absolutely brilliant ridiculously good at what he does and two if I'm going to wrestle with someone I may as well get my head absolutely kicked in like by some Japanese strong style from him yeah I can I can certainly see that he made me look good as well like he can wrestle with a broom mate he'd have a five-star match for a broom he made me look at least half decent do you know what I mean? So yeah, that I, I would be my like, like Will Ospreay made me look look that like I could actually know what I was doing and things there like that. Go. Yeah, Carter was would probably be able to carry just about anybody. There you go. What about you? Um, I mean, I've never met or crossed paths with at any time in wrestling with with CM Punk, which which might be a blessing in disguise because anybody mm. who I know that's met him says that he's actually an asshole. Well, he's an asshole to fans anyway. He doesn't he doesn't like being stopped for photos or autographs. He won't do them for anybody. Yeah, uh, things like that. What he's like in a, in a wrestling sense, or with the with the people he's working with, I, I can't comment because I've never crossed paths with him. But he was always sort of the guy that stood out to me as someone that I I absolutely loved. And I did say when he when he was coming back to start with AEW again, I did say right, the only thing that can get me wanting to watch wrestling again at the moment is CM Punk coming back. Um, and he did. So I I watched it. I tuned in, and every now and again, I. I was sort of watch, even though one of my best friends, Kip, is, is obviously in AEW. I, I only ever normally tune in every now and again. But CM Punk was the the guy that dragged me back into to watching anything. So yeah, I would I would have loved to have had the chance to pick his brain or or work with at some point work with Punk. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you do hear stories from him and stuff, and look, it's one of those things, isn't it? Like I'm not here to pass judgment on anyone that I don't know and that sort of stuff, and you know. I'd love to have him on the podcast one day. One day. You, you, may, you one, may start a chain of events. Good luck with that. Yeah, maybe one day. Yeah, one day. You know, one day. He might, you know, he might change his tune. I don't know. But on the back of that question then, yeah. is the, the, this is the question that everybody wants to know. Everyone listening to this podcast, to the millions and millions of people listening at home, this is the question that everybody wants to know the answer to. Is there a comeback on the cards for yourself is there one more match in the locker for you i mean i i had my last uh quotation marks match uh with drew parker who is obviously a, a hardcore british wrestling guy he's been he's been absolutely killing it out in japan for the last few years mm. uh really throwing himself into hardcore wrestling and things like that and drew drew carried me through that match really well it was it, it, it was it was great and well, I, I say it was great for me. It was great, and the audience liked what we what we did and things like that. It went well. 
Um, but the thing with wrestling isn't anybody who has ever been involved in wrestling will tell you is even when you're out, you're not really out. You're never really done. So I, I wouldn't sit here and say, yes, there is one more match or there is one more run for Harvey Dale, the manager gimmick, although that would definitely be something I would be interested in perhaps pursuing. So uh, promoters that are listening to this, call me. Um, you know, you, you can you can hit me up. You, you know, you know the digits. Uh, there, there, there could be there could be one more run in it. There could be obviously hope if we do this charity show. Uh, you see what I did there? There could be hope. Um, <laughs> so we 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 might get something going. We might not. It, it's not a no, but at the moment there's no solid offers on the table. And obviously, I mean, I I'm looking for Tyson Fury style digits to to get this to get this back out of retirement. So it might be a bit of a stretch, but. You never know. Watch this space. It might happen. It could happen. We'll have to have a whip round. We yeah, know. We'll just we'll, we'll have a whip round. Get you back in yeah. the ring. Um, but yeah, look. I mean, a lot of questions. There, a lot of information. I hope the people listening to this that don't know you know a lot more about you now as well. Um, is there just before we leave it there? Is there anything else that you wanted to plug at the moment? I'll give you the opportunity to have a shameless plug anywhere. Um, well, I said I'm, I'm going to shout again to my boys then at, at Sacrifice Pro Wrestling for anybody sort of based around the the Midlands or down as far as Bedford, uh, around the Luton, Milton Keynes sort of area. Anybody who's down there, look up Sacrifice Pro Wrestling. Um, get yourselves along. Go and go and watch one of their shows, especially if you haven't been to a to a smaller, if you if you like, British wrestling show at any time. Those are the boys that deserve your time. They deserve to have eyes on them. They deserve the world because they do everything and take no money from it. All the profit goes to charity. They're all really wonderful causes and things like that that they always put the, the thought into for doing. So, yeah, big shout out to my boys at, at Sacrifice Pro. Go and, uh, go and seek them out. Buy some merch. Look at the guys on the show. Buy their merch. Do, do that. Do that. Amazing, amazing, great, great shout out there, mate. Now, look, f- thank you for coming on, Harvey. You know, we really appreciate it. Um, it's been a pleasure. Um, stay tuned for some more of these in the future. Take care, everyone. No job. Cheers, Adam. Thanks a lot. Good night, guys. Thanks a lot.